Holy Gospel from Luke chapter 2. Glory be to thee, O Christ. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said, One to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, And see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve. I want to begin by explaining what I'm wearing. Um, Not all of you have seen me wear this before. This is called a cope. Um, And it is worn by uh, bishops, overseers, and pastors on high feast days. And um, to quote, I don't know, the the Pirates of the Caribbean. uh, I'm really taking a risk with this Pirates of the Caribbean quote, but... You best start believing in high feast days because you're in one. Uh, So, what I want to tell you about tonight 
is, it's kind of weird because usually it's not fun when you know what you're getting for Christmas. And uh, I see some people looking around actually, so some people know what they're getting for Christmas. Uh, Sorry. Uh, There's a lot of fun in the surprise. However, I think you know, if you came here to Christmas Eve service, you know what you're going to get for Christmas, at least from me. You know what you're going to get from me. Uh, some pastor dude wearing a, a cope uh, here in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. If you're familiar with uh, the uh, historic Christian faith ex- best expressed in Lutheranism, uh, maybe you'll expect, you'll know that for Christmas, you'll be forgiven of your sins after you confess them, which I've given you already. Uh, maybe you came because what you want for Christmas is that you want Christ's body and blood in the sacrament. And I can give that to you. Just not for now, because it's the sermon. But I also gave you good news of great joy in the gospel reading, and also good news of great joy in the Old Testament reading, even though if the first half of it was a little scary... There was fire, there was burning, there was even blood. And what's a good Old Testament reading without burning, blood, and uh, robes? But our story tonight begins with taxation. And forgive me, but I just needed to read the King James. I think it may even be what most of you grew up hearing and listening to. And it just captures it so well because it says taxes like four times within the first three verses. And I think that's funny. Uh, My wife isn't here right now. She'll be at the 7 p.m. But she is an accountant. She knows lots about taxes. I don't. All I know is that no one wants to pay taxes. Uh, No one wants to, if they are fine with paying taxes, no one wants to pay the amounts of taxes that we are obligated to pay, especially in northern Illinois. However, taxation is the means by which through God the Father made it come to pass and fulfilled the prophecies of our Old Testament lesson to have our Savior be born to us in the flesh. That's how it happened. Mary and Joseph had to go and pay their taxes. That's why they were there in Bethlehem. And it shows that God can use even the worst things in this life to do his good and to do his will. But it also directs us to, I think, the problem that we're all facing both this night, this year, this last two years. And it's this whole hubbub of there being no room in the inn. Now, believe me, you, I tried my best to find out what that meant. Were there really hotels back then? Was there an inn that could say there's no, there's no room here, it's Christmas Eve? You know, everyone's coming into town to see their family. Just kidding, there was no Christmas Eve yet. 
However, it seems like um, this wasn't quite an in. Just from what I read this year, maybe it will change next time. But the guys and the girls that I was reading about in these books that I used to prepare, they told me that this word for in is a different word than the inn that the Good Samaritan is dropped off at. And so maybe this is more of a guest house. It seems like if um, Joseph's family really was from Bethlehem, if they're really from the lineage of David, yes, they were, then maybe he'd still have some relatives living in Bethlehem. Unfortunately, they had adapted their guest house, their guest room, to house their animals for the winter. For if the animals are inside your house, then the heating bill is lower. However, what this also meant was, <laughs> with uh, the all of a sudden dropping by of Joseph and Mary, his espoused wife, it meant that they didn't have time to clear away the straw, to, you know, move the feeding trough, which is what a manger is, or uh, maybe even to even get the animals out of there. So I'm sure if you have a nativity scene, there's a whole bunch of animals, whether it be under your Christmas tree or hanging on your wall, there's a lot of animals around baby Jesus. But all I could think of is, man, what a crummy alienating feeling that you come to your family's house and they don't have a place for you to stay. They don't have a place for you to lay your head. They don't have a place for your baby to be born. And I think of even my own self being a pastor in this first year in this crazy time of doing Advent, preparing for Christmas, Preparing for the new year, even myself, I find myself not even calling close family members because I'm too busy. Mary's Magnificat, if you're familiar with it, it continues to echo through our minds. God will Uh, cast down the mighty from their thrones, and he will raise up those who are lowly. We've already seen how he's raised up Mary, raised up Elizabeth, faithful, uh, young in the case of Mary, old in the case of Elizabeth, uh, devout women who are down on their luck in a bad place. God raised them up, raised up Bethlehem, a place that was not a place you wanted to be from or a place you wanted to live. And also, God himself has become a lowly baby born in a feeding trough. How strange. What a reversal. The mighty brought low, the low brought high. And these shepherds, Not a profession you wanted to call yourself, at least in the time of Jesus. They were kind of like the reputations of sailors, uh, rapscallions, 
They did all their work at night. So if you wake up and your tractor is missing, again, I know there weren't tractors back then, you'd probably say it was probably the shepherds. When they came through with their flocks at night, they saw my shiny new tractor and they took off with it. They're sinners. And like all Jews that were living in Judea at the time, these shepherds and all Jews were afraid of the forces above them. What will the Romans do next? What will they take away from me in terms of rights? What will uh, I be able to do to provide for my family with these high taxes? And of course, they were afraid of what all these people thought about them. It's not fun for everyone to just assume you're a sinner because of your job. And guess what? There was a disease going around called leprosy that excluded people from the temple, excluded you from family, excluded you from celebrating festivals. Sin, death, the devil, the ruler of this world were tormenting these poor people. And surely we can find a little bit of ourselves here too. Ruled by fear, And if you ever get to that low, low point, you might even be able to pull the fear mask off and see the devil, the Lord of this world, and what he's trying to do to you and your family. So what does the angel say when he gets to the shepherds? He says, fear not. The time for fear is over. We have good news of great joy for everyone. The heavens have opened up to you. First the shepherds, then all people. And what is their sign? The sign thing is strange. I was arguing with a homebound member just the other day about swaddling clothes. What in the world are swaddling clothes? Is it anything special that swaddling clothes would be used for this baby? Some people say nothing special about the swaddling clothes. It's the manger, the feeding trough. That's the sign to these shepherds. I say maybe it's a little bit of both. For you see, if shepherds were cultivating these flocks of sheep. A lamb's born. It doesn't have spots. It doesn't have blemishes. It doesn't have birth defects. Praise be to God. I can sell this thing to the temple as a sacrifice and make some money. And so what would they do? They would wrap up a baby lamb that was perfect so that it couldn't break its legs or get picked on by the other animals, and they'd put it somewhere else, maybe up high. Well, in this case, Mary put her spotless, precious lamb into a feeding trough, a manger, where animals ate out of. Who 
Who, who's in this feeding trough for animals wrapped in swaddling clothes? Well, just from this one reading alone, the Savior, the one who is from King David's line, I have you, King Herod, sure he was king over the area, was not from King David's line. The true king, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Lord, Yahweh. And this is how he chose to come, the mighty made low. Even as a little baby, he's being presented as a sacrifice like a sacrificial lamb. Because he is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world And one day he'll do that on the cross. He's also presented in this feeding trough. I hate to say for us animals to eat, because no, we're this side of Jesus' arrival. We're not animals. We're people with dignity. Dignity because the Lord Jesus took on flesh like you or I and brought it up when it was down low. And when we eat of this baby in a feeding trough, now we receive life, salvation, and the forgiveness of sins. Beautiful. It's Christmas Eve. If you've been attending a church that observes Advent, perhaps you haven't sang the Gloria in Excelsis in a while. And if you're not familiar, it's the super long thing that we all chanted for maybe two and a half minutes. Probably felt like longer. That is what we get here from the angels. The Gloria in Excelsis. Glory to God in the highest and peace among people on earth. Why are the angels so darn happy? Because God has chosen to glorify himself By becoming like you. Coming down so that he can die for us, a part of his own creation. And in doing so, raise you up. Why would God want to be a human like us? So that he can love you. So that he can relate to you. So that he can die like you may die but then raise you up on the last day for life eternal. And this is the peace on earth among all men, all mankind, if you will. Shalom, peace. Everything's restored, made right, the way it ought to be. Jesus makes peace between mankind and God through his death on a cross. And there's no other way. And so this Christmas, let's think about the three reaction groups. Strange word. Don't know why I said it. Let's think of the three different groups of people and how they reacted to this event. Let's think of how we can be captivated by the wonder that is Christ's birth 
like all those people and the angels. Give yourself over to that rapturous joy. We're about to sing a really long song. Maybe we'll trim some of the verses. Glorify and praise God like those shepherds and tell everybody you know about the things you've seen and heard. But for this final exhortation to you, I want to ask you to consider being like Mary. Don't forget to think tonight, tomorrow, in the coming days. To sit and think and pray about all these things you've heard, that you've tasted, that you've seen, that you've said, and that you've smelled, even. Mull it over in your head. Chew it in your heart. Take some time in silence. Maybe even look at a glowing tree this evening and ponder, treasure up all these things in your heart. Merry Christmas. Amen.